Welcome to an Atos podcast. Hello, this is Dwayne Natwick, and welcome to Head Securely in the Clouds. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Head Securely in the Clouds. Uh, I'm Dwayne Natwick, uh, cloud security uh, lead globally for Atos. And with me today, I have Carl Otz and Tom Smith. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Thank you. That's Pleasure good. to be here. Great. Great to have you. Carl, why don't you, uh, why don't you give a quick introduction of yourself uh, for the audience? Thanks, Dwayne. Um, so I'm, I'm heading cloud security at EVAM Systems, which is a global engineering company. Uh, I'm an MVP uh, and Microsoft RD, as well as certified in all with all bunch of uh, three-letter and, and larger acronyms uh, regarding security. I, I come from certainly from the cloud background, uh, specifically on the Microsoft space, working working with cloud and securing people's and organizations' journey to the cloud for well, at least the past ten years. Great, thank you, Carl and Tom. Uh, hello, I um, well, I'm currently a architect. I have been a CTO. I've been a CISO. I've been a lot of things. I've been in this industry for about thirty years. Um, currently, uh, I'm what you would call maybe a sled uh, expert uh, in regards to like vulnerability management and things like that. And I do a lot of uh, incident response work as well uh, on top of that. Um, so I've been involved in a, in a bunch of the, uh, the incidents that have been happening recently over the past few years, at least during the cleanup portions of it and uh, moving forward with that. It's nice to be here. Thank you very much, Tom. And, and for those of you that don't, uh, like I said, I'm a cloud, uh, cloud security tech lead at Atos uh, on the uh, big data and security team, the cybersecurity team. Uh, and uh, as, uh, as Carl stated, I'm also a Microsoft MVP, uh, have multiple letters after my name for ISC2 and other security. I've been around uh, cybersecurity for, uh, for close to 15 years or so, been around IT for 35 plus years. What we're going to do today, and uh, and I think something that a lot of people hopefully will uh, will have a, a have some level of interest in, is we're going to uh, discuss some of the the pros and cons, and uh, and just kind of the the thought process when it goes to thinking about cloud security versus on-premises security and hybrid security and all of those areas. So. Uh, you know, some something that uh, that I'm finding, and I've uh, talked to Carl and Tom uh, separately about is is there are some different mindsets and uh, and opinions and thoughts around around cloud security and around you know what that cloud journey is uh, as as enterprise customers are moving out of their uh, on-premises data centers or their co-located data centers and finding their way and trying to find a way into the cloud or or maybe they're maybe they're hesitant to do that for certain reasons so uh so we're uh we're gonna spend the next uh 30 minutes or so uh kind of discussing that and hopefully maybe we get some get some feedback from others in in different chats and in different chat rooms and feel free to ping us on our social media platforms uh if you have any questions uh beyond this but uh but Let's uh, let me first go to you, Carl, and and just kind of get your thoughts around uh, around what uh, around what you uh, what you find when talking to uh, to clients or customers around 
cloud security versus uh, on-premises security. Wow, that's in, indeed a large, large topic, and that's <laughs> something that I'm sure we can we can spend a bridge version. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess there there is this not necessarily a clash, but but certainly an introduction of two different worlds. Uh, the the world of security is traditionally seen or it's not necessarily a stereotype but maybe even something that's quite realistic that there it's especially from a security architecture perspective it might be quite ivory tower or kind of uh, uh, centralized in terms of the decisions there might be a secure uh, development guideline somewhere uh, you know hidden in a vault uh, that's getting pulled out when a, an external auditor comes in and the real life impacts to the developers or the consumers of the cloud uh, might be quite quite minimal. And and that could have been somewhat okay in the past when there have been a lot of controls that kind of will pick up some of that slack if uh, if everything isn't followed. There there have been you know opportunities for us to you know give a stamp of approval at the very end of the kind of waterfall type of uh, software release process uh, before we actually do anything public but now even from the very beginning kind of exploration phase uh, there might be someone who's taking on the company name uh, in a in a kind of shadow cloud environment and and maybe if, if they just forget about that it can still incur some reputational damage uh, even if nothing bad really happened eventually so so there's certainly these two different worlds uh, which don't know too much about each other and and uh, I'm very happy to you know bring those two closer to each other <laughs> Thanks, Carl. How about you, Tom? What are you? What are your thoughts? Like your first first thought when we when we talk about you know moving to cloud security or from an on premises uh, data center? Um, probably my first thoughts revolve around um, a different kind of I would say a shift in mindset or attitude that needs to happen in order for that to to, to work. Um, I'm thinking back in the early days, you know, back in 2010, 2011, 13, 13 somewhere in there where. Um, we started this push in the industry from going to uh, traditional data centers to talk about maybe doing hybrid data centers or even looking at maybe, you know, organizations that didn't necessarily have a physical presence within, um, you know, what it is they need to do business in order to go to the cloud. And a bunch of companies put together a bunch of stuff and tools and things like that to help you go to the cloud. But uh, almost none of it had any sort of security consideration associated with it or anything along those lines. In a lot of ways, um, the security industry, I think, as a whole, is maybe about 10 years behind what the IT industry was um, and uh, is quite catching up extremely quickly, though, uh, I, I would have to say, uh, as far as the security front and with uh, with data centers, et cetera. Uh, that's that's a that's a great point. Uh, and definitely, yeah, definitely something that, yeah, it's the you know, there's these there's the industry leaders in uh, in security and and maybe they didn't as as uh as uh efficiently uh adopt uh adopt tools to work within the hyperscalers i think is what you're what you're kind of saying right tom oh yeah absolutely and more towards the 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 um well i mean if you think about the traditional data center um especially in regards to my background is a lot of dod work just a fyi for you so early on in my career i, I did uh a bunch of stuff with a lot of primes and subprimes and things like that and and we talked a lot about you know the different classifications of networks which isn't necessarily the same thing within the private realm but it kind of translates from one to the other um where you know you have confidential data then you have uh, non-public disclosure data and, and things that you want to keep secret if you will 
Um, and the adoption going to cloud um, was extremely difficult, even going to, to hyper-converged architecture within the data centers themselves uh, in those kinds of networks was extremely difficult. We used to have these uh, uh, questionnaires that were, you know, like two and 300 questions long when we were talking about it way early in the day. And the reason why I think they were that long is because we didn't know how to ask the right questions because we still had that mindset of, this is my castle, this is my moat where I'm protecting it, and this is where I have to have all the data. Um, and to some extent, even within the federal space, you still have that that issue, you know, with with uh, FedRAMP, et cetera, which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. But um, you still have that that I don't want to necessarily call it air gap, but you know, copper gap kind of measure where you have to have complete separation and logical logical controls in, in and of themselves aren't enough to go forward. At least it wasn't at that particular point in time. But now we've seen the maturation of the underlying tool sets, like FIPS is, is a good example where you have the uh, uh, software configured uh, or, or hardened modules that allow encryption to happen uh, within a particular given cloud data set or, or you know something along those lines where you just couldn't do that before because you couldn't guarantee the data wouldn't get lost mm -hmm. um, and that that's what I mean by the you know the the, the industry is, is catching up to to uh, um, what what IT is has done previously yeah I, I, one of the things that uh, that I've kind of uh, I'm being being in Michigan and being in Detroit in the Detroit area. I always I always come up with these uh, with obviously these analogies that are automotive based and 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 kind of what is kind of come what is kind of uh, kind of of, of epiphany that I kind of came up with uh, last month around this this particular topic is is it's it's kind of the same kind of debate of gas powered versus electrical automobiles. You know, uh, you know, a lot, there's a lot to be said that, you know, the gas powered, you know, gas powered has a lot more, a lot more stand, long, you know, long, long range standing and, uh, and, you know, it, it, and moving to electrical vehicles are going to cost, you know, cost people jobs and, and close our plants and, you know, close our pipelines and, and things like that. But, uh, but what it really is, is, is a shift in, uh, in what you're what you're selling and what you're building, uh, you know the, the same the same the same essential foundation is there in terms of what needs to be built from an assembly line perspective, but you just got to take a different uh, different approach to it than uh, than what you traditionally have done, and that's kind of that's kind of the the analogy I've drawn about this is is exactly that, and I think you like, like you were saying, Tom, when you start getting into rather than physical appliances, you start getting into those software defined networks and those software security software based security controls rather than putting you know putting I, I've got this I've got this box that I'm putting in front of everything that's going to protect me. <laughs> Uh, no, definitely. That's that that that's that's uh, the the way that you, or, or the, what I was trying to point out rather, and mm -hmm. it, it it goes even further. I think to um, even a greater understanding because what we used to and what I mean by that is what we understanding the data is what I'm getting at. Because what we used to do, you know, and and everybody knows this is that, you know, you you had a data center, you stuck all your machines inside that data center, and then you put your moat around it, i.e., your firewalls, you know, your ingress points and things like that. Uh, and then you didn't really worry about stuff that was on the inside. And that was, you know, essentially the, the early versions of security, uh, even going to the cloud for that particular, for, for that matter, where they tried to just sort of stick a, um, uh, you know, a fence around um, what the data was or where your hyperconverged architecture was or, you know, whatever you were trying to do as far as that, that sort of stuff is concerned. 
And what we found out is that that's just not enough. And, and it's not a, a, a mindset that you can take when converting from going from a data center into a cloud because the, the, you, there's no circle for you to define. There's no one place for you to go because um, that's the idea behind cloud is that you have this ultra resilient architecture that can continue to run your business even if, you know, uh, Florida falls in the ocean or California falls in the ocean or something along mm -hmm. those lines, you know, obviously that's an extreme and it's never going to happen, but right. um, th that's, that, that's really the idea is that you you continue to run business in a disaster recovery type mode uh, all the time. And you assume that sort of leverage or that sort of uh, capability of breach, if you will, um, within your architecture. Um, go ahead, Carl. Yeah. <laughs> so you yeah, want to say Carl. something? <laughs> Yeah, for for all of our audio listeners, uh, all of the visual cues are missing. Missing absolutely. Uh, yeah. I I love that analogy of uh, of the guys powered uh, powered vehicles there, and 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 certainly like it's all about the the perception there. If if combustion engines would come in right now, or if if someone who's maybe taking a driver's license right now, you know, sitting you know so close to continuous explosions might seem very weird and and counterintuitive. And, and it's kind of the same way if maybe 10, 10, 12 years ago, we were talking with someone and maybe maybe to a sysadmin or maybe a security architect, and you would go in and tell them that, hey, I want to plug in uh, everything that you have to the internet. You will be managing those through, through you know, uh, internet-facing management ports. That, that is certainly a different mindset uh, from, from that era. And, and it really is, is different depending on the service. Uh, the perception really is that, you know, cloud might not be as secure, but actually depending on the service, the integrated or the out-of-the-box security might be much higher uh, than the default security for something that you will build uh, on your own. But it's all about understanding what do you really need. If, uh, if the out-of-the-box security isn't enough and you can configure something, the cloud might, might not be for you. Yeah. It, and something else that I kind of uh, that kind of crossed my mind as as we're as we're talking here is there's there's been been a fundamental shift in how we do work that has kind of changed things as well from you know uh, Tom Tom stated you you put everything into your into your box and you build that moat around it well there well at that time everybody also worked within that within that box. So, so it's not just it's not just the the applications and the data that are that are uh, that are going into the cloud out of that out of that box as well. It's where it's being accessed is a lot different than it was ten years ago as well. You know, uh, you know, I remember the first time I was able to do any kind of work at home. I'm using you know utilizing an SSL VPN client on my laptop. And that was the only way I could access what I was what I was needing to uh, to get on, you know, the application and the and the database that I was that I was working on. That was the only way I could use it. Uh, now, you know, with things like you know Google Suite or Microsoft 365, uh, you know, that data, like like Tom said, is everywhere. Uh, you know, and so uh, and so knowing where your data is, classifying your data is is a is a huge undertaking for. Uh, for an enterprise uh, security team, uh, just be, just because of how people are doing work too, and uh, you know they're not just accessing on a laptop with an SSL VPN. They've got a got an iPhone or an Android, or, and you know, all of the you know all these handheld capabilities uh, to uh, uh, to check everything wherever they are, and uh, and so 
so that's kind of kind of expanded that ecosystem as well, not just from a data center perspective, but a but a user perspective. Thoughts, Carl? Absolutely, and and it's it's really all about thinking about where are those controls actually implemented, where are those decisions made? As as you say, the devices are connecting through the internet. They might be somewhere that's uh, it's not a branch office, it's it's not a known location. You know, you can plan your MPLS investment based on that. It's it's all over the internet. It's all software driven. It might even be like completely disconnected device that you don't know upfront anything about. It might be something that you are buying, you know, uh, bring your own device type of, uh, you know, I'll just onboard this uh, this uh, family laptop for a while and uh, then I'll disconnect. Uh, you know, it's it's very unpredictable from that perspective. And and then when it when it comes to these controls, we used to be very centralized, kind of coming back to my point earlier, but now everything is federated. Where, do, where we have those uh, firewalls, where we have any sort of choke points or the traffic, where we have any effectiveness for access control, it's very federated right now. Every service that we are using in the cloud, if you're if you're using software as a service, we might be using it completely disconnected from our centralized IDP. Hopefully not, but that's that's very much uh, still the case. Anyone can just you know write, swipe the credit card and and start using that. And, and then when it comes to more closer to that infrastructure or kind of custom application side, those workloads that we are putting in the cloud, those applications, they are actually, uh, their life cycle is very different as well. So they are uh, quote unquote ephemeral, no matter, no matter where they are hosted, you know, serverless containers or infrastructure as a service, they are still living a completely different life cycle from, from this very predetermined, you know, approved, uh, you know, we are hardening the physical environment. We are putting it in a, in a known, very good network location uh, inside that mood, you know, opening, opening the gates when, when needed. Uh, now they might spin up and spin down before we even realize that they are there. So that re it requires completely different kind of automation or software driven approach to that. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, and you can see that in the maturation of the tool set over, over the past couple of decades. Like, you know, your traditional antivirus is actually geared more towards stopping destructive type measures or something along those lines. And I, I kind of could lump that into the destructive defense category. Um, new attacks these days, though, uh, especially like some of the attacks that we've had in, in sled environments here in the United States recently, um, those attacks didn't have anything to do with destroying data. It had everything to do with surveilling and, and grabbing data, though, and establishing establishing a persistence inside of a, a network. And, and destruction-based tools don't don't help with that. They don't they don't stop that at all because most of that is, I have a user ID and password that I've compromised in one way or another. I'm using it to pivot inside the environment, but it all looks like regular user traffic, regular authenticated traffic, and, and you can't even use like geofencing or something like that anymore because the local cloud providers actually provide desktops in the local environment. So uh, just picking you know, something out of the blue here, if you're at X, Y, or Z state and you happen to have a Cloudflare account or, or you know, some sort of a, a, a desktop or something like that that's virtualized that's located in that particular city, well, you're defeating all the geofencing right there uh, as soon as you get to that. Um, so you have to take a look at a, a lot more different things and that sort of reduces the size and scope so you, you, the the idea from going from the data center to the cloud is not thinking about it in a a macro sort of sense although you do have to think about it in a macro sense you also have to think about it in a micro sense because it's an individual who's doing something or rather an individual account that's doing something it's an application that's doing something and theoretically it's a device that's has maybe may doing something that goes along with that 
Um, so you have to be concerned about all of those various things and not just necessarily where they're located or, or where they're theoretically located um, or even whether or not they have an, uh, an authenticated user ID or password because that's, that's just simply not enough. Uh, the user ID and passwords are all over the internet and I could probably buy you know even one of yours offline right now or mine. I know mine are out there available. So um, you know, doing more than just thinking about, well, I want to stick all my stuff in this one particular box so that I can hide it. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah, I think we could have another whole podcast on identities on uh <laughs> absolutely <laughs> on identities and, and where you can where you can find them. <laughs> yeah, and not not just human identities, you know, but also device and even application identities too, oh, yeah, and how they how they interact, et cetera. I mean yeah, that's that's a whole different conversation. There's footprints everywhere, uh everywhere on the internet. So yeah, oh, yeah. my, my favorite example of, of that is whenever uh, any sort of facilities organization, uh, not just IT is doing procurement, they, they might be looking at some uh, lower lower end displays instead instead of you know professional uh, infotainment type of units. And and at that point uh, you'll start to see everything is smart, everything is uh, connected to Wi-Fi. There is like custom custom uh, let's say android tv in in everything uh, from that that you don't think there is they might be there they they might have their own wi-fi direct connect hotspots whatever and that's something that's very much unplanned and very much the world we live in now yeah uh yeah definitely i'll uh, i'll send this one to to you carl if you were to provide maybe your top three to five foundations of security in the cloud, what, what would you say they would be? Yeah, top 35, right? Three to five, not 35. <laughs> yes. Um, We're only doing a half hour show, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. So I think the key thing there really is that, you know, from the controls perspective, the categories are still familiar. The, the buckets are still, still the same. There's nothing new as, as such. Uh, so there's identity and access management, there's network controls, there's all various different visibility monitoring controls, as well as your, your response capabilities. The difference are the scale, the difference is on which proportions uh, can, should you actually invest in, and difference also in, uh, in the effectiveness. If you used to spend most of your budget on, let's say, networking, bought all of the latest uh, updates from your big name firewall vendor, and then maybe build your own central organization around identity and access management, having defining those business functional roles in a somewhat predetermined uh, landscape. Now you suddenly have hundreds more cloud roles coming in. You need to define them, uh, you know, quite pretty fast. You might not the same organization might not understand about this cloud at all. So we have again this mismatch. The information about the cloud is not on the security team but it's actually on, on the cloud team that doesn't have that security information necessarily, even though they should know. Uh, and the same is true with, with networking, for example, instead of having that one big moot that's protecting our individual castle, now we have like a series series of watchtowers that can signal to each other. And, and we, we need to build basically these perimeters out kind of around each of the workloads even. So it, it's, it's really, you know, micro segmentation dream uh, for for some folks uh, from that perspective, and we need to understand how effective those controls uh, still really are. And we might think that we've invested, we've already 
you might spend the same amount of money that you spent on networking on, on the cloud. You might still buy the big name vendors, but the effectiveness or the coverage might still not be there. So you need to have that monitoring in place as well as renew your, your response capabilities. There's so much many more signals in there and you need, so need to understand what's important. And you also need to react faster than you used to because you are you are by very definition in the public internet. So if you mock something up, if there is actually an incidence, triaging that is is actually quite important, uh, quite a bit more more timely than maybe used to. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I know I put you on the put you on the spot there. I'm going to put Tom on the spot as well. Same question for you, Tom, but from an on-premises data center, and I'm and I'm going somewhere with this. So. <laughs> Top five things you can do in an on-prem data center, like the foundation. Um, yeah, the foundations of security from an on uh, from an on-prem perspective. Actually, you know, I, I could probably just distill that down into two things that are foundational. Um, and, and the the reason why it's only two is because they're extremely important. One is um, even in a data center environment, you have to do the little things correctly. And what I mean by that is is that if you decide that you're going to go with a particular standard, you should go with that standard. And, and what I mean by that is, is that, you know, you, you, you configure, you harden, you measure, you test, you configure to, or, you, you know, you continually assess uh, that sort of stuff. And, and you should be doing that on a, a it, regardless of whether it's in the cloud or in the data center. I mean, that, that's just good hygiene, um, especially when you take a look at, you know, how machines are reacting within that particular environment because you're constantly assessing it so that you can determine holes within your infrastructure that you didn't even know were there in a lot of cases. Um, and, and the second thing is, is that um, I mentioned, you know, tools being uh, around uh, destructive defense and things like that before. Um, now, uh, if you don't have a tool set that incorporates some sort of artificial intelligence, machine learning, or uh, user behavior analytics, and I, I mean really across the board, regardless of what it is, um, you, you probably should be looking for a different tool. Almost all the attacks that we see today, um, over 90%, this is regardless of whether it's in the data center or the cloud, over 90% of them are human oriented or human, you know, there's a human element to it. Either it's because something has been left unconfigured, uh, like a low hanging fruit that should have been done, a router that still has admin admin for a password or something, you know, user ID and password or something like that. Or uh, it's a human that has been tricked into, uh, you know, helping a, a Nigerian prince, if you'll forgive the euphemism there. Um, but that is, uh, the, the targets where they're going after, and that's where the crown jewels actually are. And believe it or not, that's where they always were. Uh, we just didn't understand that because we, we we got our box and then we set our defenses around it, like we mentioned before, and then we just threw everything inside the box and didn't care. Well, now there is no box, there is no moat anymore, and we have to care about what each individual component of everything within the infrastructure is doing. And regardless of whether you're in the cloud or you're still in the data center, that is actually the best approach and has always been the best approach, even though none of us ever did it before. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a that's a perfect point. Uh, yeah, and as as you're saying that, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's it it really whether you're in an on-premises environment, a cloud environment, or a hybrid environment, it it all comes down to to how diligent. And and how much due care you take in in your security and your your monitoring your response and your detection of every of everything I think that and that was kind of the key that was kind of what I was I was hoping to hear out of out of both of you from each you know from both ends of the spectrum is it's it's not much different 
uh, from a standpoint, you know, uh, Carl did point out it's much more broad and vast than your box, than the box that you're, uh, than the box that you traditionally were utilizing. But yes, your box has gotten bigger, but if you are not doing the due diligence of monitoring and, uh, and detecting, uh, as Tom said, you know, utilizing AI and ML capabilities and user behavior analysis and, and all of those things, uh, in any environment, you're behind, uh, you're behind the eight ball, uh, essentially and caught and creating, uh, potential, uh, potential vulnerabilities that can be exploited. Uh, thoughts on, thoughts on that either, either of you? Uh, I agree, um, with that, you know, from, from the standpoint that, um, more needs to be done as far as, uh, adherence to what I would call, uh, you know, policy or premise uh, governance, if you will. Um, and it needs to be, a, for me anyway, it needs to be a shift in, in uh, thinking as far as, you know, each individual component, what it is that they do, what are we going to allow to happen on our network, and then realize that our network is literally the internet in most cases. Um, like you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, or, you know, when we were to start talking about it, not everybody's working inside that box anymore. In fact, most people aren't. They're working from home. And if they're working from home, that also means that they're working from their favorite coffee shop or they're working from their favorite state park or, you know, whatever it is as well, uh, especially with the advent of being able to have Internet literally anywhere that you go pretty much in the world at this particular point. Um, so people are taking advantage of that. They are working in those additional places and they could even be, you know, utilizing workspaces that aren't owned by them, i.e. Internet cafes in Paris or something along those lines where you can you can go and use a a machine there and you don't even have to take your 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 laptop with you anymore you just take your phone so that you have your uh, your mfa uh, uh you know app that goes along with it but if you don't think about how those people work and the potential of where they're working you're, you're always going to be behind, uh, catching up as far as like oh there's a security incident that we didn't spot because we didn't think about this particular scenario or situation but if you start from the ground up thinking my, my, you know, my, my people might be working at an internet cafe in Paris. Well, then that changes your mindset. That changes how you spend your money with where your data security is going to go and how you allow people to ingress ac across that data. Uh, and when you think about it that way, um, the, 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 you know, what you need to do becomes evident as far as uh, that sort of stuff is concerned. And, and in a lot of cases, you can even reduce your spend by thinking about it that way instead of uh, thinking about it another way. So going to the cloud isn't necessarily as expensive as everybody thinks it is, although in some cases it is. Um, but, you know, it, in other in other respects, uh, you can get to the cloud, I think, securely from a data center uh, and in a measured manner uh, that is consistent with your principles and, and even what you attempted to achieve in your, your normal network that perhaps you never got to. I mean, I, I've been a part of some highly regulated networks, and I can tell you definitively across the board on all of them, we didn't hit every single mark every single time. Um, and getting to that every single mark, every single time is, is, is a robust risk-based uh, sort of infirm security architecture, um, which uh, uh, I, I think is what you need in order, in order to run any kind of enterprise uh, these days. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Tom. Uh, Carl, any, any final thoughts from your perspective? I think that's a great summarization from Tom. Uh, let's hear, let's hear your final thoughts and we can, uh, and we'll wrap up this podcast. That's, that's indeed a good great summary there and uh there's there's little to add uh, but but from from my perspective even if you are not consciously uh making a choice to go to the cloud 
a lot of these cloud adjacent um, shifts in where and how your people work using which devices using which targeting which applications are still happening so smaller pockets of software as a service applications can be consumed from a non-corporate device uh, using a non-corporate identity without ever going through corporate network so how do you catch uh, catch those it's eventually it's a it's not not necessarily an, a kind of never ending or kind of an endless or hopeless hopeless opportunity there but rather it's it's a great opportunity for you to be more visible for not just the technical counterparts uh, but also more on your business counterparts uh, focusing a little bit more on security awareness as well um, hopefully that will that will gives us give us a little bit more shifting left or however you want to call that security being everyone's business um, and yeah from from my perspective if if we if we get a, a small shift towards that we get to get to one one moment closer or one step closer to a more secure um, security posture great yeah thanks carl oh great conversation i know uh we all feel that we could probably spend uh, much more than 30 minutes on this and probably spend hours in this conversation even have a have a full uh full table talk forum with uh with, with with comments and all of that but i wanted to just have this conversation get it out there uh, and hopefully you know hopefully you have deeper conversations and more conversations uh going forward uh, around this uh this debate and this discussion around on-premises environments and cloud and cloud environments and security uh within within the hybrid architecture that really I think really isn't going anywhere. Uh, you know, there. You know, from an enterprise enterprises, uh, there's more going to be more hybrid architectures than uh, than cloud native architectures, uh, and more and or specifically uh, solely on premises and in, uh, infrastructures going forward. So, I want to thank uh, you, uh, you, Carl and Tom, for joining me on uh, this podcast today, and um, and uh, you know and hopefully uh have you back again uh, in the future as well you're welcome it's lots of fun thanks for having me yeah so this will wrap up uh this edition and this episode of head securely in the clouds till next time uh thank you very much stay tuned for more insights from atos